Suratul Araf, ayah number 59. Laqad arsalna, certainly we sent Nuhan, Nuh alayhi salam, ila qawmihi to his people. Faqala, so he said, Ya qawmi, O my people, u'budullaha, you all worship Allah. Why? Because ma not lakum for you. Min from ilahin any god ghayruhu besides him. You have only one god. And who is he? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Therefore worship him only. If you worship others, they're not your gods. So your worship will be useless. It's not going to bring you any benefit. In fact, it's only going to bring you harm. Inni. Worship him because in me, indeed I, akhafu, I fear, alaykum on you, meaning for you, adaba the punishment, meaning punishment, yawmin of a day, alimin, great. I fear for you a punishment of a great day. In this ayah, Nuh alayhi salam is mentioned. Nuh alayhi salam was the first messenger. But you might say, no, Adam salam was the first messenger. Hmm? Adam salam was the first prophet. He was the first man. And Nuh salam was the first Rasul. There is a difference between Nabi and Rasul. Nabi only reminds the people of what they already know. Or the message that they already have, the Nabi, the prophet, he comes and reinforces that message. Like for example, Harun alayhi salam was a Nabi. Alright? Or the prophets of the Bani Israel. Who were they? Anbiya. Why? Because they reinforced the message of the Torah. Musa alayhi salam had taught them, the prophets who came after him, they reinforced that same message. A Rasul on the other hand is sent to a people who have been misguided, who are in clear error. So he brings in a way a new message. Meaning a message that is completely new to the people. Alright? So this is one difference that the scholars have mentioned between prophets and messengers. So Nuh salam was the first messenger. Why? How? Because Adam salam, when he was sent to the earth, who was there? Nobody. When he had his children, who were they? Believers in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Was there any shirk at that time? Did they worship any idols, any statues? No. Because mankind was born on fitrah, Alright, and they worshipped Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There was no misguidance. There were many crimes, like for example, the son of Adam alayhi salam, he committed murder. Alright, there were many crimes. However, people were still worshipping only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. However, what happened over time was, that once there were some people who were very righteous. And when they passed away, their friends or the people who looked up to them, shaitan came to them. And shaitan said, you're going to forget about these righteous people. Your children will never know about these good, pious men. So, preserve their name. Preserve who they were. How? Draw their pictures. So that you have some kind of memory of them. Draw their pictures so that you can remember them. When you will remember them, you will remember their good ways and you will continue to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, they made their pictures, they drew their pictures. Over time what happened? The pictures turned into statues. And then over time what happened? People didn't just remember those statues to be representing some pious people of the past, but rather they started believing that those statues, those pictures possessed certain powers. 
And as a result, they started worshipping them. This is how shirk began. This is how polytheism began. This is the opinion of Ibn Abbas anhu. Many mufassirin have also mentioned this, that this is how shirk began. You see how it began in such an innocent way? Shaitan didn't come to people and say, prostrate to this stone, make an image of a person and start worshipping it. No. Shaitan said, you'll forget these good people, draw their pictures. Your children should know who they were. And then what happened? It wasn't just praising them, it turned into worshipping them. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Nuh alayhi salam. So he was the first Rasul. And he taught the people, he reminded them of what Tawheed was. He told them that what they were doing was wrong. So, لَقَدْ أَرْسَلْنَا نُوحًا إِلَىٰ قَوْمِهِ We sent Nuh to his people. فَقَالَ يَا قَوْمْ So he said, O oh my people, أُعْبُدُ اللَّهَ Worship Allah because مَا لَكُمْ مِنْ إِلَٰهٍ غَيْرُهُ You do not have any God besides him. And if you do shirk, then I fear, إِنِّي أَخَافُ عَلَيْكُمْ عَذَابَ يَوْمٍ عَظِيمٍ I fear for you the punishment of a great day. What is that great day? The day of judgment, the hereafter. How is it great? How is a day great? Because of something major that happens in it. So a very serious day, a great day, the day of judgment is coming, and I fear for you a very serious, a great punishment on that day. So you better change your ways now. Qala, he said, Al-Mala'u, the chiefs, the elders, the elite. Who are the Mala? From Mim Lam Hamza, Mil is to fill something up. So the Mala are the leaders, the people who have power, the people who have money, the people who influence others. And why are they called Mala? Because they fill the hearts of people with awe. And they gather crowds. They have a presence. You know, if they're somewhere, that place feels complete and full. And if they're missing from that place, then that place doesn't you know, feel that, yeah, it's not really a great gathering. So, Mala are the leaders. So the Mala, the leaders, they said, which Mala? Min qawmihi from his people, meaning from his nation. They said, Inna, indeed we, lanaraka, surely we see you, O Nuh, fi in dalal in error, mubin, clear. We see you in clear error. O Nuh, you're making a clear mistake. You're clearly wrong. Why did they say that, O Nuh, we see you in clear error? Because you are telling us to do something that contradicts the ways of the entire society. We have been doing this for years. Our fathers, our forefathers, they used to worship these idols. And here you are telling us today that we should abandon them and that we should worship only Allah. What are you talking about? In our opinion, you are clearly wrong. And many times it happens that when a person says something which is from the deen, because it is different, people are not willing to accept it. They say you are wrong just because what he's saying is something that they've never heard of before. Like for instance, there could be something of the deen which we have never heard of before. But just because we have never heard of it before, it doesn't mean that it is definitely wrong. Like for instance, yesterday I mentioned to you the hadith in which we learned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created a certain thing on a certain day. For many of us, this hadith must have been very new. 
But just because it is new, I've never heard of it before, doesn't mean it's inauthentic. Doesn't mean we call it a weak narration. Okay? So remember, always accept whatever someone's telling you with an open heart. Look at what they're telling you. Look at the evidence that they're presenting. Why are they saying what they're saying? What's the reason? What's the logic? What's the benefit? What's the harm? Nuh salam, he doesn't just come and tell them, Oh people, stop this idol worship, only worship Allah. No, he tells them very logically, Worship Allah because He is your only, He is your only God. Right? And if you don't worship Him, then what's going to happen? What's going to happen if you don't worship Him? He warned them. What was that? What was that? Quickly respond. Punishment of a great day. So it was a very logical da'wah, but the people said, we see you in clear error. In Surah Al-Muttaffifin, Ayah 32, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about the people who are misguided. What do they say about those who are guided? Those who follow Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His messengers? وَإِذَا رَأَوْهُمْ قَالُوا إِنَّهَا أُولَاءِ لَضَالُّونَ And when they see them, they say, Verily, these people are indeed astray. They're lost. They don't know what they're doing. Or they're clearly wrong. And many times it happens that when a person follows the deen, people say, you're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong. You shouldn't be doing this because then you will suffer in such and such way. You shouldn't be doing this because then you'll suffer in such and such way. Many times it happens that when you're following the deen, you're following a particular command, it is difficult. It comes with its own challenges. But where there are challenges, there are also many there are also many benefits, right? And the benefit is always greater than the challenge, right? Remember this about every command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I remember when I started wearing niqab, once I was at school and my teacher, he said, Tamiya, don't you think it makes it difficult to communicate with other people with this face whale? And I said, yeah, sometimes. And he's like, okay. I accepted the fact that yes, sometimes it is difficult to communicate because you are my teacher, you can't see my face, right? It is difficult to teach someone when you cannot see their facial expressions. It is difficult. However, at the same time, there are benefits that outweigh the challenges, right? But what happens is that people whose goal is the dunya, what do they want? Worldly benefits, right? They don't want to give up anything for the sake of the akhirah. Whereas the thing is that everything of this dunya, anything that you want to gain, there is always a plus side to it and a negative side to it. Right? Where it brings you benefit, it's always challenging at the same time. Everything. You want food? Okay, you go get food, but you have to spend so much money. Should you stop buying food because you have to spend money? Yeah? No. Should you stop going outside because it's cold? No. What you have to do, you have to do. And with that, there's difficulty as well. But there's a difference in how you look at it. Some people, they only look at the negatives. They only look at the negatives. And other people, they say, okay, it's difficult. But in the long run, this is beneficial inshallah. There's going to be khair. So they said, إِنَّا لَنَرَاكَ فِي ضَلَالٍ مُبِينٍ We see you in clear air. He said, Ya qawmi, O my people, Laysa, it is not, be with me, dalalatun, any misguidance. O my people, I am not misguided. 
Because I'm not saying this out of my own self. وَلَكِنِّي But I, Rasulun, a messenger, min from Rabbil Alameen, Lord of the worlds. I am not making all of this up. I am a messenger from the Lord of the worlds. If I'm conveying anything to you, it's because Allah is the one who told me. And if Allah is telling us something, then that's not misguidance, that's not error. That is guidance. In the long run, it will definitely benefit. أُبَلِّغُكُمْ I convey to you from بَا لَامْ غَيْن تَبْلِيغ What does تَبْلِيغ mean? To convey. I convey to you رِسَالَات Messages, plural of رِسَالَة From the root letters رَا سِين لَامْ What does رِسَالَة mean? A message. Meaning something that is conveyed to the other. And from the same root is a word, رَسُول So why do you think رَسُول is called رَسُول? Because he conveys a message. Alright? A messenger of Allah Like for example, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Nuh alayhi sallam, they are called Rusul, Rasul. And the angels are also called Rasul. Why? Why do you think the angels are called Rasul? Because the angels, what do they do? They also convey the message of Allah. Right? So, أُبَلِّغُكُمْ رِسَالَاتِ Rabbi. He said, I convey to you the messages of my Lord. وَأَنصَحُ And I am well-wishing. I wish good. I am sincere. Lakum to you. Meaning, if I'm telling you something, it's because I want the best for you. I'm not telling you to worship Allah alone. I'm not telling you to leave your idols because I want something bad for you. No. I want good for you. This is why I tell you to worship Allah alone. This is why I tell you to leave your idols. وَأَنصَحُ لَكُمْ وَأَعْلَمُ And I know مِنَ Allah from Allah مَا that which لَا تَعْلَمُونَ You do not know. So there are three things mentioned in this ayah. That first of all, I am just conveying the messages to you. I'm not making it up. This is not my thinking, my opinion. No, this is a message sent to you from your Lord. Secondly, I want the best for you. I want good for you. I don't want you to suffer. This is why I am telling you. I really wish well for you. And thirdly, I'm telling you all of this based on what? Knowledge. Knowledge that Allah has given me. And you don't know that knowledge. This is why you need to be informed. This is why you need to be told. Because you are in ignorance right now. And if a person is left in his ignorance, then he will suffer. Many times it happens that you're doing something and you feel that you're doing it perfectly right. But then somebody else tells you, no, no, you're doing this wrong. You're doing this wrong. Like for example... If you're trying to do exercise, right? And you're watching a DVD, right? And you're trying to exercise following every step, but you may be doing it completely wrong, right? For instance, it tells you to go down on your you know, hands and your feet, and you're going down on your knees first, and then on your hands and feet. It says that your back has to be straight, and your back is not straight. Why? Because you can't see your back. Right? It says that you have to be on your, let's say on your right hand, on your right foot, and you have to lift up your left foot and your left arm, and you have to be completely straight. And you might think you're straight, but you're not actually straight. Who can see if you're straight or not? Who? Somebody else. 
Alright? This is why it's very important that when you start exercising, somebody should guide you. Because you could be spending that entire hour exercising incorrectly and gaining no benefit out of that whole hour. And in fact, you could be harming yourself more than benefiting yourself. Right? So somebody needs to tell you based on their knowledge. This has happened with me multiple times. Multiple times. Like I think I'm doing perfectly fine. And then what happens? Somebody tells me that no, no. And then they show me what I'm doing and it's almost funny. Right? That I think I'm doing it perfectly fine. But in reality, you're not doing it right because you can't see yourself. So Nuh salam, he conveyed the messages to them. And in this ayah, we learn about three characteristics of a dari. Three characteristics of a dari. What's the first characteristic? He conveys He's just a carrier, someone who delivers the message. So when we also pass on the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to someone, always remember who we are. We're just conveying. Our job is to convey. Our job is not to force people to accept. And don't think yourself as very great if people listen to you. Because in reality, who are they listening to? Allah. They're accepting Allah's message, not your speech. Because your speech means nothing. Your speech, you as a person, are nothing. You are just a carrier. Alright? Secondly, well-wishing and sincere to the people. Be honest to them. Wish well for them. Want the best for them. And when you will want the best for them, then you will be able to convey in a good way. In a way that will affect them. Many times it happens that we're telling someone to do something and it's perfectly right. But we say in such a condescending way that people, they feel insecure, they feel threatened, and they become defensive. They don't want to listen at all. They don't want to listen. But if we tell them in a nice way, we really want them, you know, want the best for them, then inshallah it will have a very good effect. Right? Like for example, when a person is praying salah, right? Can somebody pass right in front of them? Are they allowed? Are they allowed? No. Why? Because that's what my grandmother said. (laughs) That's what this auntie said at the masjid, that you're not supposed to pass in front of someone who's praying. Because the Prophet ﷺ said, if any one of you knew, if you knew the sin of passing in front of someone who's praying, you would wait for 40 years you would stop and wait for 40 years before you dare to pass in front of them. If you realized how serious of a sin it was, how great of a sin it was. Bukhari. Hadith Bukhari. So, this is a sin. Now, you're let's say praying in the masjid and somebody all of a sudden passes in front of you and you weren't able to stop them. One is that you say, Imagine the sin that this person has on their shoulders now. Astaghfirullah. And you're like, this person's so evil. They don't even have this decency, this courtesy that if someone's praying, they shouldn't pass in front of them. And you just give them a cold shoulder and you're like, ignorant person. And next time you are around them, you rude to them and you tell them, by the way, you shouldn't be passing in front of others. This is one way. And the other is that you feel bad for them that they made such a big mistake, perhaps they didn't know that it's a sin to pass in front of someone who is praying. So when you will feel for them, what will you do? You will go to them and talk to them nicely. 
And when you will talk to them nicely, and you will tell them with some evidence, then inshallah, they will also listen. The other day I was at the masjid, and somebody, I saw them passing in front of someone. So I was talking to them, and I said, my dear sister, can I please tell you one thing? Please don't mind. She said, yes, sure. So I said that, you know, just today only we learned this hadith that it's not correct to pass in front of someone who is praying. And I saw you doing that. And I told them the hadith that if one of you knew the sin of passing in front of the other who's praying, then he would wait for 40 years. And she said, I had absolutely no idea. I was in a rush and I went quickly and I didn't know this was a serious sin. She didn't feel threatened, nothing. Why? Because of the way that I spoke to her. If somebody is praying like that, if you can figure out an alternate route, adopt that. And if you cannot figure out an alternate route, if you have a bag or something, then put it in front of them so that you can pass. You know, you place a sutra and then you go. And if the distance is a lot, like for example, the place that they need to pray, okay, and there is some space in front of that, then you can pass from there, even though there is no sutra. But basically you should not pass between them and the place of their sajda. After the place of their sajda, you can pass. But before that, no. You can't pass from there. So anyway, Nuh salam, he wished well for his people. Lakum. The Prophet ﷺ said, religion is nasiha. Our deen is all about well-wishing, being honest, wanting the best for others. The Prophet ﷺ, what did he say at another occasion? That none of you can truly believe until he loves for his brother what he loves for himself. What is that? Nasiha. Right? So the Prophet ﷺ said, الدِّينُ nasiha." The people said to whom? He said to Allah and His book and His messenger and to the leaders of the Muslims and their common folk. Meaning to all people, you have to have well-wishing for them. You have to want the best for them. You know one of the companions, Jareed bin Abdullah, when he became Muslim, he made a bay'ah, a pledge of allegiance with the Prophet ﷺ. He gave him the pledge of allegiance, a promise. And he promised him, over three things. Firstly, that he would pray. Secondly, that he would give zakah. And thirdly, that he would have nusr for every Muslim. So what happened? One day, Jareed bin Abdullah, he went to buy a horse. So he bought a horse and he paid the man one dirham. Because that's the price that was asked. So he gave him one dirham. So Jareed bin Abdullah, he took the horse and he rode the horse. But when he rode the horse, he's like... This is worth more than a dirham. If you were in a position like that, what would you say? Yay! Saved so much money, got such a good deal. He went back to that guy. And he said, this is worth more than a dirham. He gave him more money. Well-wishing, honest, truthful, sincere. And then he went, rode the horse again. He's like, still, come on, this is better than... 5 dirham or 10 dirham, 50 dirham, how much ever he had given him. He went back and gave him more money. And he kept doing this until he had given the man 100 to 200 dirhams. Why? Because he was sincere to him. وَأَنصَحُ لَكُمْ Nuh said, I want the best for you. This is why I'm telling you. I don't want you to suffer. I don't want you to suffer. I want the best for you. And remember that anytime a person is advising us, whether it is that they're telling us to pray, or they're telling us to pray properly, or they're telling us to sit properly in class, or they're telling us to make sure that we're writing our notes, they're reminding us that we should pay attention, don't think 
that they're stalking you, they're harassing you, they're making your life miserable, and they're poking their nose into your business, they should just leave you alone? No. Why would someone stand for an hour? Why would they keep walking and not just sit and relax? Why would they do that? Don't you think it would be easy for our dear group in charges to just sit down in class and take their notes and sit as you're sitting comfortably? Wouldn't it be easy for them to do that? Yeah. So why do you think they're standing and they're walking back and front and then checking constantly and helping you and reminding you why? Because they hate you? Is this why they're doing it? Because they've got nothing better to do? They just like to poke into other people's business and see what they're writing? Yeah? No, because they want the best for you. They want that if you're spending your time and money here, you actually take advantage of it. If they remind you to do your lesson, is it because they love to harass you? No. They want that you should know your lesson. You're spending your weekend studying the Qur'an. When in your life again will you get this opportunity? Allahu alam, you might never get this opportunity again. If your group in charge calls you at home and tells you, okay, now you can do your lesson, now you can say your lesson to me, we should think that now they're not even leaving me at my house? She chases me at Al-Huda and now she chases me at home? She wants the best for you. Honestly. She could be spending that time, you know, taking it easy, going out with her friends, staying at home with her kids, having a nice easy conversation with her friends, but she's instead choosing to call you. She is instead choosing to call you. So, if someone is reminding us to do something good, remember that they want the best for us. And if we ever remind someone, then we should also remember that we want the best for them. One is to seek other people's faults. See, they have this fault and this fault and this fault. They made this mistake and this mistake and this mistake. And the other is, okay, they're making these mistakes. How can I help them? How can I guide them? Many times it happens that when we wish well for other people, then Allah also grants us blessings. Then He also shows goodness to us. Right? So He said, وَأَنصَحُ لَكُمْ I want the best for you. I don't want bad for you. وَأَنصَحُ لَكُمْ وَأَعْلَمُ مِنَ اللَّهِ مَا لَا تَعْلَمُونَ And if I'm telling you something, I'm not making it up. I'm telling you, Whatever I'm saying, based on knowledge. So remember, whenever we're conveying something, make sure that it's based on some ilm, some evidence. He said, "Awa ajibtum, a do did wa and ajibtum." You wonder, meaning, are you surprised? Are you amazed? Why do you find it so strange? Why are you surprised? And jaakum that it came to you, dikron, a reminder, mirabbikum from your Lord. Why are you surprised that a reminder has come to you from Allah ala rajulin on a man minkum from you? Because they couldn't understand how Allah could send a human messenger. So Nuh is telling them, you don't need to be surprised that Allah has sent a message to you through a human messenger. It's not a big deal. Because At the end of the day, you shouldn't be looking at who is conveying, you should be looking at what they are saying. So Nuh what was it that he was conveying to them? لِيُنذِرَكُمْ So that he warns you. 
And if you listen to him, so you adopt taqwa, meaning you save yourselves, you become righteous. And so that you, turhamun, you all are shown mercy. Many times it happens that we don't want to listen to someone just because we don't like them. Her again, again, that same person, my mom again, my dad again, my older sister again, my sister-in-law again, my mother-in-law again. I don't like these people, so I don't want to listen to them. No, go beyond them. Go beyond them. Because remember that you can learn something good even from little children. Right? We can learn good things even from people who may be very evil otherwise. You remember that story of Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu? When he had been appointed to guard the wealth, the sadaqah money, and at night a thief came, came three times, what, remember? And then he caught him. I'm going to take you to the Prophet and that's it. He said, I will tell you something, I will teach you something. If you recite Ayat al-Kursi every day at night, then shaitan won't bother you. Who was that person? That was shaitan. So imagine, shaitan is teaching him, say Ayatul Kursi at night, and you'll be safe. You can learn a good thing even from shaitan. Seriously. So don't look at who is saying. We should be concerned about that, because the person who is conveying does have an impact on the message, clearly. But go beyond that. Always look at what is being said. What is he saying? What's in it for me? How can I benefit? So Nuh is telling his people the same thing. Then why are you surprised that Allah has sent a human messenger? What's the big deal? Think about it. If I'm conveying to you, I'm warning you. And if you listen to me, you'll be able to save yourselves. And you'll be shown mercy. Allah will show mercy to you. فَكَذَّبُوهُ But they didn't listen. They rejected him. فَأَنْجَيْنَاهُ So we saved him. وَالَّذِينَ And those people who ma'ahu with him, meaning those people who were with him, in other words, those people who listened to him, believed in him, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved those people. How? فِالْفُلْكِ In the ship. وَأَغْرَقْنَا And we drowned. الَّذِينَ Those people who كَذَّبُوا بِآيَاتِنَا Who rejected our signs, our verses. إِنَّهُمْ Indeed they كَانُوا They were قَوْمًا A people, Amin, once blind. Amin is a plural of Umyun. So they were a people who were blind. Literally, physically they were blind? No, they were blind to the truth. Because they just got lost in the fact that how could there be a human messenger? We can't accept what he's saying. And they were blind to the message that he was giving them. And this is the problem with bias. That when we become biased towards someone, then we don't see the goodness in them then we don't see the good that they have to offer. Because we just generalize and we write them off immediately. We're like, no, this person, no good in them. So they became blind. And when they became blind like this, they were deprived at the end. The people of Nuh they were preached for how long? 950 years. In Surah Nuh, we learned about how Nuh constantly reminded them through different, different ways, openly, secretly, publicly, privately, loudly, softly, in different styles, different ways. But the people didn't listen. So eventually what happened? Allah commanded Nuh to build a ship. And when he was making the ship, the people would pass by, laugh at him, mock at him. What is this crazy man doing now? And what happened? The flood came, water from above, water from below, and all those people drowned. And the only ones who survived were who? 
those who believed in Nuh alayhi salam. Recitation. لَقَدْ أَرْسَلْنَا نُوحًا إِلَى قَوْمِهِ فَقَالَ يَا قَوْمِ اعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مَا لَكُمْ مِنْ إِلَٰهٍ غَيْرُهُ فَقَالَ يَا قَوْمِ اعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مَا لَكُمْ مِنْ إِلَٰهٍ غَيْرُهُ إِنِّي أَخَافُ عَلَيْكُمْ عَذَابَ يَوْمٍ عَظِيمٍ قال الملأ من قومه إنا لنراك في ضلال مبين قال يا قوم ليس بي ضلالة ولكني رسول من رب العالمين أبلغكم رسالات ربي وأنصح لكم وأعلم من الله ما لا تعلمون أو عجبتم أن جاءكم ذكر من ربكم على رجل منكم لينذركم لينذركم ولتتقوا ولعلكم ترحمون فكذبوه فأنجيناه والذين معه في الفلك وأغرقنا الذين كذبوا بآياتنا إنهم كانوا قوما عمين 